0: Hong Kong's Simple Low Taxes, Don't We All Want It? This is a Frontier Center for Public Policy audio recording. All Frontier Center audio recordings are in the public domain. For more information, visit www.fcpp.org. Recording by D. McCreary. Hong Kong's Simple Low Taxes, Don't We All Want It? By Robin Linham, Globe and Mail. I did a little calculation, says Stuart Iliff, a Canadian working in Hong Kong as Chief Financial Officer of Publishing House PPP Company Limited. If I earned $100,000, all figures Canadian unless noted, in Canada, after tax I would keep $64,000. If I earned $100,000 in Hong Kong and made use of the married man's tax allowance, I would keep $90,100. Those are startling figures and they don't even take into account that the former British colony, since 1997, a special administrative region of China, has no goods and services tax, harmonized sales tax, or value-added tax. Canadian shopping in Hong Kong, Mr. Eiliff observes, are often agreeably surprised when they present their purchases at the till and find that they haven't been charged another 13% on top of the shelf price. Of course, Hong Kong people visiting Canada are surprised too, but not in the same way, he adds. Mr. Iliff previously worked in Hong Kong from 1986 to 1991 and returned in 2011 after 12 years in Ottawa. He believes the SAR's simple, flat, low-tax regime is the foundation of its renowned economic dynamism. Hong Kong keeps it very simple. There's no capital gains tax, there's no dividend tax, there's no tax on interest, and you're only taxed on income earned in Hong Kong, not overseas. The system here makes people more entrepreneurial, Maximum personal tax is 15%, but there are lots of allowances to get it lower, and corporate tax is set at 16.5%, so people are not spending half their time trying to avoid or evade. You have money in your pocket and you do things with it. You invest. You buy shares or you start second businesses, he says. Aisha Lau, partner in charge of Hong Kong Tax at KPMG China, broadly agrees with Mr. Iliff, but takes the view that low and simple taxation is one among a number of factors that make the city competitive others are the rule of law respect for private property freedom from corruption in the business environment efficient government the free flow of capital we have no exchange controls protection of intellectual property rights and the strategic location as an sar which is part of china she says you need to be able to make a profit before you pay tax so the entrepreneurial culture is not driven by tax alone. Historically, however, it is certainly true that in Hong Kong both private individuals and companies have long felt secure in the assumption that they will be able to retain most of the money they earn, as a matter both of course and of right. Before 1940, Hong Kong imposed no tax on income. One was introduced as a wartime emergency fundraising measure, and later made to stick by the colonial government. It was originally set at 10%. In 2010, former Hong Kong resident Michael Littlewood, now of the University of Auckland Business School in New Zealand, published a history of the Hong Kong tax system, aptly called Taxation Without Representation. In the book, Dr. Littlewood argues that Hong Kong tax has remained at a low level largely because of a tug-of-war between government and the business community, which the latter has generally won. The city is full of paradoxes, and one of these, as Dr. Littlewood points out, is that Hong Kong's tax system, fundamentally unchanged since 1940, is both seriously out of date and ahead of its time. He calls the system perhaps the most successful the world has ever seen. Its great merit, as he sees it, is not merely that the tax burden is light, but that it enjoys broad-based popular support, largely because it falls mostly on those most able to pay. Thanks to generous allowances for individuals on low incomes, the majority of Hong Kong's population of about 7 million pay little or no tax and in many cases live in subsidized public housing. This is possible partly because the Hong Kong government is in the unusual position of being able to substantially supplement its tax revenues with sales from the Land Bank. It has the freehold on almost all land in the SAR, and through property sales stamp duty, which controversially doubled in February of 2013. It also operates on an annual revenue surplus when most economies in the developed world run on a deficit, one reason Hong Kong has been largely untroubled by the austerity measures implemented elsewhere. Canada raises revenue through direct taxes and then indirect taxes like GST and HST. Hong Kong can keep tax low because of other sources of income, says Mr. Eilif Nevertheless, the government wants to broaden its revenue base, and the future implementation of a GST cannot be ruled out entirely. The absence of a GST makes a lot of goods cheaper in Hong Kong than if purchased in China. That attracts more tourism and boosts the economy. On the other hand, if we had one, it would provide a steady stream of revenue to the government, says Tracy Ho, tax leader for Hong Kong and Macau at Ernst & Young. Personal and corporate taxes are unlikely to rise much, if at all. Not only are low taxes recognized by the government as fundamental to Hong Kong's ability to compete, the right to them is enshrined in Article 108 of the SAR's Basic Law. Clearly, most countries running deficits could not adopt Hong Kong's simple, low-tax policy overnight. But as Dr. Littlewood points out, its success is proof that such a system can work in a developed economy, and is surely an argument for simplifying overcomplicated tax law, which encourages taxpayers to search for loopholes rather than to just pay up. As Ms. Ho points out, in Hong Kong a personal tax return has only four pages. Our system is simple and easy to understand, she says. Compared to just about any other tax law, ours is probably the thinnest version. Thank you for listening. This has been a Frontier Center for Public Policy audio recording. The Frontier Center for Public Policy is an independent, nonprofit, and nonpartisan organization that undertakes research and education in support of economic growth and social outcomes that will enhance the quality of life in our communities. For more information about Frontier, please visit our website at www.fcpp.org.